And I can say to you that as he forgave me, and maybe as he forgave you, that it was very hard to me to have love against people that had hurt me. Family members, very hard. But I learned through the scriptures that if I want to continue to be a Christian, I want to continue to do what God wants me to do and be what he wants me to be, then I need to forgive and to love. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Royal Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thank you for joining us today for biblical wisdom from our series centered on God's life-shaping love. If you're harboring bitterness or anger towards someone who's wronged you, you'll see that the Lord can help you experience freedom from these holes on your heart. Stay with us today to learn the importance of asking for God's strength as you make the choice to forgive. Here's Raul Reese in Mark chapter 12 with the lesson, Loving God with All Your Heart. I guess this is one of those important lessons that that we need to learn concerning two commandments that Jesus gave. We have the Ten Commandments, but He gives the most important two commandments. Let me begin by reading chapter 12, verse 28. He says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, he asked them, which of the first commandment at all? And then Jesus answered, The first of all commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. And this is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. He has spoken the truth, for there is one God. There is no other God but he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, with all strength, and to love one neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And now Jesus saw that he answered wisely and said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. Now, that's a pretty amazing statement that Jesus says because there's a lot of people that they're that close to the kingdom of God, but yet they miss it. First of all, I want to share with you is that he not only was silencing those that were Pharisees and scribes. Now, remember, this is Tuesday. He's on his way to the cross. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be betrayed. And then on Thursday, he'll be dead on the cross. And then the Pharisees heard about Jesus defeating their challengers, the Sadducees. The Sadducees did not believe in angels or the resurrection and in other things. They thought there was no miracles and no wonders. And then we see that their minds, their threats in their security remain. They couldn't change that. And then all three attempts here I have to discredit who? Jesus and his ministry. And then this is a time of the religious leaders not only take a different approach to set him up, he was ascribed this man, a scribe who was most brilliant and versed in the law of God. He knew the law of God. Genesis, Exodus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then Jesus uses this occasion to teach men the greatest provision in the duty of human life. Let's look at the first point. Verse 28, the first part. The approaching scribe. 
it says. And then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well. So the scribe or lawyer is a professional layman who studied. He taught, he interpreted, he dealt with practical questions of Jewish law. He was the one that when you had a question, you came to him concerning the law, and he knew it, so he gave you that answer. And yet no one else can really come to him unless you were schooled in the scriptures. Yet when I look at that, what they were really actually saying or doing, that a lot of times you meet people within the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that they come, they sit, they read, they pray, whatever else they do in their life, but yet they don't know the Master, Savior, Jesus Christ. This is one of the big problems, not only within churches in America, but also the world. And yet when you think of the love that Christ had for each one of us individually, and not only defeating the Sadducees, but the Pharisees and the scribes, that these professional scribes were constantly trying to set him up by their rules and by their regulations. Look at verse 28, second part, the question asked now. He asked them, which is the first commandment of all? So the scribe came to Jesus with this great question. Now remember, this is still Tuesday. Next it will be Wednesday, and then Thursday, by Friday, he'll be dead. Sunday, he'll rise again from the dead. Imagine what Jesus was thinking. Who is the greatest of all? The question that was asked. Who is the greatest? Hallel, one of the Jewish rabbis, Hallel and Shimei were the top rabbis. Hallel said this. He says, he once asked by a proselyte to instruct him in the whole law while he stood on one leg. Hallel's answer was, what you hate from thyself, do not do to your neighbor. And that's so true. Notice again, what you hate from yourself, do not do to your neighbor. We need to be careful how we treat people. The things that we judge people for. The Bible says that we are to love one another even as he loved us. We are to love you and myself as we come together. Simon the righteous had said this. On three things stand the world of the law. Worship and the works of love. The works of love. That's something that is missing today. Everybody's pointing their finger. Everybody wants to destroy personalities. Everybody wants to judge. And yet, look what God has done in each one of our lives. He's forgiven us. And I can say to you that as he forgave me, and maybe as he forgave you, that it was very hard to me to have love against people that had hurt me. Family members, very hard. But I learned through the scriptures that if I want to continue to be a Christian, I want to continue to do what God wants me to do and be what he wants me to be, then I need to forgive to forgive, and to love. And I think that maybe some of you that are here this morning, you're kind of wondering why you have all these situations and problems and feelings in your life. And I really believe that when you make things right with God and with man, you will have peace of mind in your lives. You won't have to be condemned or convicted in that way. And here Jesus wants to demonstrate to these guys that the most important commandment is to know the Lord. And look at verse 29, the response by Jesus here. And then Jesus answered him and said, The first of all commandments is, here it is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy, he's talking from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. He says, verse 30, 
And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. Now check this out. And the second is likewise, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. No greater commandment than this. Jesus is answering the foremost question. We see that Jesus not only answered without hesitation, but Jesus answers with authority. Authority. He says, this is a commandment of God. Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Know that the Lord is one Lord. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. He is the Lord called Jehovah Yahweh in the Old Testament. And there is no other God. He is our God. This is the personal relationship between a worshiper and his God. You're the worshiper. I'm the worshiper. And he's our God. He's one Lord. He is the focus of concentration of our lives. The way he looks at your life. The way he sees my life. In Psalm 8.6.10, he says, For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. There's no other God. The only one. In 1 Corinthians 8.4, he says, Paul, therefore concerning the eating of things offered to idols. They were offering things to idols. We know that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is no other God but one God. Everybody's always trying to get around to get to God, and you can't do that. That's why Jesus is dealing with the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees concerning the commandments that are given. And those commandments that were given, they were so simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. The Lord our God is to be loved. Thou shalt love the Lord your God. Personal relationship with God. If he's not personal in your life, then you cannot say, Thou shalt love the Lord, not your God, because he's not your God. You see, love God as your very own God, not somebody else's God. And this comes about when you repent of your sin, you become born again of the Holy Spirit. And as a little child of God, you begin to develop spiritually. You begin to learn You begin to deny the flesh. You begin to walk by the Holy Spirit. And when you read things like this, you know, about the commandments of God, you understand surely God has to be first. And then secondly, to love my neighbor as myself, which is a hard thing to do. I can love my family, but when it comes to somebody else, my neighbor, I don't know about that. But he says, you must, so I must then. So I have to look at my heart. And then there's a personal and close relationship with God where we know that God loves me. He loves you. He cares for you. That's why he's taking care of you. And in that same personality that God has, as we become born again of the Holy Spirit, we take upon ourselves that personality of loving people and caring for people. But number one, God himself. God we worship in a personal way. We're involved with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then the command given to us here is love the Lord your God. Again, personal. When you love God, it is alive, active, not dead, inactive. It's an active life that we receive, that we see in our lives. 
This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For resources and encouragement, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. When you get in touch with us, be sure to order this love series, conveniently available on MP3. Now let's rejoin Roll for the conclusion of the lesson, Loving God with All Your Heart. And here we see Jesus says, love God with all your being. Another word that he used, all your being. Jesus breaks up being down three parts, the heart, the soul, the mind. You notice here that Jesus adds, with all of your strength, we are responsible to maintain a loving relationship with God. Do you hear what I said? We are what? Again, we're responsible. Secondly, a loving relationship. What does that involve? Trust, respect for that person that you love. Notice what I said, trust and respect. That's one thing in an area of life, especially among the church or anybody, that we don't respect one another. And then a loving relationship involves the giving and surrendering of one's life. That's a hard one. A life of surrender. A life giving to the Lord of oneself. And then a loving relationship involves knowing and sharing Christ with somebody else. Check this out. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So who's the God has loved us? That you also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, this is the only way it can happen. First John four twenty, John says, If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. Think of how many of us do not love our brother or sister, but yet we say we love God. I think we need to take the scriptures in Matthew chapter 5, where the young man was coming to give a sacrifice to the Lord, and he remembered there was something against a person in his family. He went ahead and left his sacrifice. He went ahead and made things right. Then he would have peace and came back and offered his sacrifice to the Lord. Why? He made everything right. Even if they don't want to forgive you, that's between them and God. You make sure you make things right. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can say, I love God whom he has not seen? And this is a commandment. We have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. That's what Jesus is teaching. Loving God, loving my brother. So when we see the love of God, we cannot help but to love God even more. To share the love of Christ with other people, with my neighbor. He says it compels us not only to go and love all men everywhere, but to make sure that my heart is right before the Lord. So I can do that. 1 John 4, 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar again, he says. For he who does not love his brother, how he has seen, how can he say he loves God, who he has not seen? Look at verse 32. He says, So the scribe said to Jesus, Well said. He knew. That's right, teacher. He has spoken the truth. For there is one God, there is no other but He. Now, this scribe sounds like many people that sit in churches. Look what he said. I know what you're saying. 
I understand it. And she said, why aren't you practicing it? If you know it, and you've memorized it, and you studied it, then why don't you do what the Scripture says? Why don't you do that? And there is no other but he, he said. We see that the scribe here responding to Jesus, that he was correct. You're correct, Lord. The word that he uses here, well, or the word correct, it could also be interpreted right, excellent, or beautiful. He affirms that God is one, and there is no one else beside Jesus Christ. That quote of Deuteronomy 4.25 that he said. Verse 33, And to love him with all of your heart, that all your being, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and notice, and love one another's neighbor as oneself, it is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Listen, a burnt offering was a sacrifice of consecration. Remember Paul said in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what God speaks to us about. And here he's saying a burnt offering or sacrifices that a lot of times we make sacrifices to do whatever. And God says, I don't accept it. Why? Because you don't love. Everything behind what we do, there has to be love. Agape love. For God, for our people, our loved ones, our friends. And so we notice here that he added that to love him is one heart. To love your neighbor and oneself, and not only that, but to all burnt offerings and sacrifices, I can't accept it unless you love one another. And the idea here is exactly what Jesus was teaching through the Scriptures. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, if you've been in the book of Samuel with us in the past, remember Saul? Saul had this command to go out and wipe out the Amalekites. And the Amalekites were very crude, I mean very, I mean very bad. And so he went ahead and went down to destroy the Amalekites. And when he got there, he saw the spoils, he saw the women, he saw the children. And so he lets go of all those things God said to get destroyed. And he's coming back with all the cows, all the rams, all the goats, the people, all the women, the children. And Samuel's coming up and he says, hey, Saul, what is that that I hear behind you, the bleeding of the sheep? And that's what he said. He says, the people did it. He was the king. How many times we flame other people for the things we do? We point our finger. And yet he says this to him. In verse 22 he says, So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience. He goes on. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of the rams. You see? Obedience. And then Psalm 51, 16, David, when he sinned against Bathsheba, he says, For you do not desire sacrifice. Again, he says it. You do not desire. And what are we trying to always do? Give sacrifices to God. You do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. But what does the Lord delight on? When I give my life to him fully and completely. And I do what he says. Isaiah 1.10 says, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. 
To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? Why do you give me so many sacrifices? What's your purpose behind it? Sayeth the Lord. I have enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat that fed the cattle. I do not delight in blood bulls or lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand? Who required it? He says, why are you coming to me? He says, to trample my courts. Bring no more empty sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. Your new moons, your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I am weary in bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. And then he says this, Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. And then he says, Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. You see, you can only do that with Christ's love, His grace and His mercy. I don't know your position here this morning. But I would pray that as Jesus is speaking to the scribe, and he's asking concerning the law, concerning the commandments, we think of the Ten Commandments. But he says there's only two commandments as to what? To love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that can only happen when you humble yourself before the Lord. When you really truly want to worship God. That you know that you're wrong. And if you're not wrong, you will take whatever it takes to get back in fellowship with that person. Not to be abused, but they can see your heart of love. They can see you're truly a believer in Jesus Christ. We know it can feel incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to forgive someone who's wronged you. That's why we hope today's lesson has been an encouragement for you to seek God's help. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. A complete unedited copy of today's program can be yours by calling 800-634-9165. We'll send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Just mention today's lesson, Loving God with All Your Heart. We'd also like to tell you about this entire love series available on MP3. All 25 messages from Rawl have been downloaded to a convenient USB drive, and each one will anchor your heart in the Lord's tremendous mercy and compassion. You'll see that even if there's someone in your life who seems unforgivable, God can equip you with His unconditional grace. Act now to order Rawl's life-shaping 25-lesson love series. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your MP3 thumb drive for a gift of $25 or more. That's 800-634-9165. Or write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We invite you to take advantage of our many free Somebody Loves You resources. If you've missed a program or would like to listen to one again, use Spotify or iTunes to download a podcast. 
And be sure to download our app for digital Bible studies and other faith helps to grow in your relationship with God. Rawls' YouTube channel is also a great resource. Join him every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with Bible-based guidance for a God-honoring life. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we're blessed by your generosity. Your partnership is crucial to helping us share God's truth over the airwaves, and every contribution is tax-deductible. Tune in next time for more from this series, Exploring the Powerful Influence of God's Love. We'll see that when we call on the Lord, He can help us experience healing even in our broken family relationships, which are often the hardest ones to restore. Now here's Raul once again with the final thought. Verse 34 says, And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, so he gave the right answers. He said to him, You are not yet far from the kingdom of God. Notice what he says. You're almost there, but not quite yet. You need to learn the two commandments. To love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then... But after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Jesus pierced their hearts. Can you imagine how this man fell, knowing the law of God, knowing everything that that Moses spoke about in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then he says, what you say, Jesus, is right on. And Jesus says, why don't you practice it? You're just about that close, and yet you're not close enough. And maybe some of us are here today. We're close but not close enough. And we want to make sure that we're so close to Jesus that we never go far away from Him. But to know Him, to know His love, to know Him personally as my Lord and my Savior. That's what God desires from each one here, young and old, doesn't matter who you are. Because He wants you to serve Him and to love Him, and He wants to use your life. He wants to work in your life and through your life. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.